Hello, and welcome to the Female Founder Friday podcast with me, Lindsay White. I'm passionate about helping female entrepreneurs be great leaders, build high-performing teams, and create inspiring workplace cultures through innovative talent programs and practices. Because when people feel like they belong at work, they deliver their very best and businesses thrive. The Female Founder Friday podcast is all about connecting with the most incredible female entrepreneurs to talk about their journey to creating their own business, the mistakes they've made along the way, and how they view their own leadership. And I'm challenging all of my guests this season to take my leadership style quiz, and during each episode, we'll be digging into their leadership style and how it impacts the way they lead in their life and their business. And if you're interested in learning more about your leadership style and want some of my top tips to help you lead more effectively, you can take the quiz right now. Just check out the show notes or head over to highvoltageleadership.ca and click on the button at the top of the page that says, take the quiz. Then you can share your results, connect with my guests and join the conversation on Instagram by following me at highvoltleadership. Hey, welcome everyone uh, to the podcast. I have the incredible Shannon from Fika Beauty here with me today, and I'm really excited to hear more about her story. I've heard a little bit, uh, which is why she's here, because I think I thought it was a cool story right from the start. But I'm excited uh, to dive into this a little bit more today because Fika Beauty is a really cool brand um, and um, something that, you know, I've done a little I've done a little Internet snooping. I won't lie. I've done a little stalking. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's pretty neat. So Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank um, you so much for having me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Such a pleasure. You know, tell us a little bit about the backstory here. What's the journey been? Yeah, absolutely. So Fika's a hair and nail studio that I own with my friend, Annie Lamb. So she has been a nail tech for the same amount of time that I have been a hairstylist. We're both in our 14th year at this point. And we had spent... The last three years pre-pandemic, we both worked downtown in a hair and nail studio that was side by side. Um, and so we would just randomly have, you know, matcha lattes every once in a while if we had a bad day and just talk about the things in our industry that really bothered us and what we would do differently. But we never took our conversation seriously. It was more of just girlfriends venting to each other mm-hmm. until you fast forward to the pandemic and our first lockdown when Annie ended up actually living with us for the lockdown and helping, we have three kids. Um, And so a bunch of wine nights later, the next thing we knew, the idea of Fika Beauty was sort of born. We had started hearing about the reopenings happening and myself especially was just getting a lot of anxiety about the idea of going back to a studio. And at first it was I didn't know if it was, maybe I just don't like doing hair anymore. I love my clients, but maybe I need to do something else. I was back in school for business and thinking I was going to completely change my life. When I started talking to Annie about what the ideal space would be to work in. And I just realized that really, I wasn't connecting with the fact that it was my environment that I was unhappy in, not my career. So we just started, right. And so I, uh, I'm a very empathetic person, but sometimes I'm not the most self-aware person of my own feelings. So having Annie there to connect with, I think changed everything. And um, yeah, so in the first lockdown, we're just like, okay, well, what do we want? A, we don't want to commute downtown anymore. We live in Ottawa and it was, you know, in traffic an hour to get from that area that we live into our studios. So we're like, okay, what if we open something in Canada? 
And then we wanted something really cool and trendy and fun for us to work in, which we couldn't find in Canada. Mm -hmm. So then we decided we had to make it. Um, and it was just all these little things. Like I am not the kind of stylist that likes to wear high heels and tight dresses. And I'm very much a casual, comfortable person. And so we're like, okay, well, we just won't have a dress code. And it just kind of snowballed. Everything that was upsetting us about what we were working in, we decided to do the polar opposite and see what happens. And so we went for a coffee one day at this warehouse building that had a really cool coffee shop. And we saw a few units down that one of the units was for rent. And we literally like peered in the window together. And within the first 20 minutes, we're mapping out an entire studio. And by the next week, we'd signed a lease on the space <laughs> and uh, oh. incorporated our business with before we signed our lease. And we just kind of looked at each other like, well, I guess we're doing this. And we've grown oh. ever since. I love it. We went for coffee and before we knew it, we'd signed a lease and we're setting up. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, I, I love that. It's crazy. I think we both just, I think we always knew deep down, but like I said, I'm just, I wasn't self-aware. I wasn't connecting with myself in what I really wanted to do and what I had the potential to be. I was very much listening to all of the outside voices, yeah. telling yeah. me what they thought I should be and who I was. And the pandemic I know was incredibly difficult for a lot of people. We all had our struggles, but for me, it was the first time I was able to just stop and stop working and just sort of look at myself and why I wasn't happy when I had everything everyone was telling me I should want. And so beautifully said. Thank you. Beautifully said. Uh, and I have to tell you, that's super present for me. <clears throat> I mean, that's, that's a lot of the work I do anyways on myself. Cause I've got a lot of shoulds like every <laughs> other working mom. Yeah. We, should, we should all over ourselves. Um, but I think, uh, you know, that is the thing is that we're so busy focusing on the things we should be doing that we actually are completely disconnected from the things we truly deeply desire to do. Like the okay. two things are not, they're not the same. They're not equal. They're not connected in any way. And um, I do this work called positive intelligence, which really helps you understand where the shoulds are coming from, how, how to get that voice those voices to be quiet and then how to engage different parts of your brain so you can move forward more effectively and with more energy and passion but I love that the pandemic gave you that space and that I think we all need a thought partner mm -hmm. all need someone to help us see what we can't see in for ourselves. is that a fair thing to say I agree I agree so much and I'm I um my husband is an amazing supportive partner, but we're right. in a marriage and we have three kids. So obviously he wants the best for me, but we're always making decisions based around the family as a whole. Yes. But then to have Annie, who is very independent and is an entrepreneur and was already talking about wanting to do something like this, to then be like, I would only do this with you. Like, mm -hmm. I need you to do this with me and to have someone see all of these different aspects within myself. And then to have my husband be like, well, yes, this is the obvious decision. Like we will figure this out. Just go for it. The two of you together is what you've both been waiting for. And we okay. just clicked and we balance each other so well that we say it all the time. We're still two years in and I couldn't do this without her. And she would say the same about me. I so love that. No, I, and I think those are the best kinds of business partnerships. And, and I work a lot with you know, female founders uh, who are the primary business owner, at least majority. Mm -hmm. 
you know, their, their, their partner might be their husband or, or spouse of some kind might be, but when you, when I find, uh, I see beautiful partnerships, there is that in, there's that connection, but mm. there's that play. And, and there's also the balance between, I don't have what that other person has. So they, they sort of complete the thought process for me. And I, on the other hand, complete the thought process for them. And there's deep respect in acknowledging yeah. and leveraging the differences. And I've had a few great partners on this show. And that is the golden thread that I see through each of those partnerships is that you respect the differences. Going yeah. into it, you're definitely in a, a honeymoon phase where we're both just so excited and we're so in love with our idea. And so we're just doing everything together all the time. But then once the business is running and we're working behind our chairs and we're really in it, that's when we realize like, okay, well, we can't both share every single thing. Like we, the, we both love it and we both want to be a part of everything, but it was within the first, you know, six months that we were kind of like, okay, well I paid the credit cards, but then I noticed that you paid them a couple of days later. Uh, so, <laughs> or like, we, we, we kind of need to figure out our roles at some point. And so that has been and something that we've been learning is that it's okay for us to let go of parts and really trust each other. Cause we, you know, we're friends first. We'd never worked together. Um, so that has also been a fun learning curve is that we both love the business so much, but exactly like you said, we had to dive into who we are as individuals and what our strengths are as individuals and what we enjoy as individuals and then sort of divide and conquer the, the business that way. Yeah. I, you know what? What a great point. Like you have to respect the individuality and what each person brings. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I, I had this conversation with another client I was working with last week. You, you really, you have to be able to lean in at moments in time to those difficult conversations. Like conflict is not a four letter word mm -hmm. yeah. we talked about last week and that, Hey, this isn't working which is often an uncomfortable conversation, even if you're besties. Yeah. Um, how are we going to fix it? We both want it to be awesome. Let's approach it from that perspective. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's one of mine and Annie's strengths is we're both very good at being direct and honest and, and blunt without hurt anybody's feelings getting hurt. It's just like, okay, this is what happened. This is how I think we should fix it. Do you agree? Yes or no. And then we move on to the next tab. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. No I, that, I think that, first of all, I think that's amazing in any relationship. Like let's yeah. <laughs> partners is as deep and meaningful as relationship as any other, right? Yeah. I say we're married. Not at stake. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of money on the line. Yes. But I I do what I think the point that you've just so beautifully articulated is that you you can have the difficult discussions and you can have them in a really productive way. You got to take some of the emotion out of it or emotion out or acknowledge emotion. Okay, it was it was hurtful to me. I felt I felt kind of disappointed when mm -hmm. it, it made me it made me frustrated that you like if you can confront the emotion or just step away from it and be like, Hey, we don't have any cash flow right now because we both <laughs> paid the credit card. <laughs> so yeah. Things are going to be a little tough this week. No, no lattes, no yeah. lattes this week, 
Um, how are we going to fix that? Not your, not assigning fault, not assigning blame. Yeah. Um, we just, we just need to figure out the solution and we need to move forward in the most productive way. So I really love that that is the style here. And I think we're going to talk about leadership style in a minute, which mm -hmm. is awesome. But I, I, I just want to acknowledge that that's just, you know, being clear and straightforward with each other in your communication is always the right road. A hundred percent. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So speaking of leadership style, um, we're going to talk leadership style quiz. And we're going to find out, we're going to find out what Shannon's leadership style is. I'd also be curious about Annie's style. I mean, she's like, she's like, uh, you know, the un, uh, unwilling participant here. She's totally part of this <laughs> conversation, even though she's not in the call today. Um, I, I tried but, to convince her. <laughs> yeah, right. She's sort of the more silent partner. I totally respect that. Sometimes I have partners that want to come together. And then other times a partner's like, no, I don't need to be the face. Thanks. Um yeah. So, so Shannon took the leadership style quiz that's available online. You can find the link in the show notes. You can go right now to highvoltageleadership.ca. There's a little orange button at the top of the homepage that says, take the quiz. You can do it. It takes just a few minutes. You can find out your leadership style. I also am going to send you some of my top tips for your leadership style. So you can be a, be a better leader like today, basically. Um, and then you can absolutely uh, compare, contrast, follow along because Shannon's going to tell us what kind of leader she is. Yeah, I have to say I loved that quiz. I actually got Annie to take it as well because when I took mine, I was like, it's so spot on. I love it. You need to try it. So we both took it. Um, and I am a coaching leadership style. Love and it. And Annie supporting leadership style. Mm, I can see how those two would fit together very, very beautifully. Mm -hmm. So tell, what does it mean then to you to be a coaching style of leader, you know, in your partnership, in your business? And you said you got three kids, which is essentially like running a business. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, I think I looked at it two ways before I read the paragraph. I was like, oh, being a coach, that makes total sense. Cause I love to teach. I love to help our employees grow. I'm very much a, let's have one-on-one -on -one meetings and talk about your, you know, six month and one year goal personally and professionally and then let's make markers of when I can check in on you and what I should look for to make sure you're on track so we just did that with our entire team it's my favorite thing awesome. and then Annie and I also will have one-on-one -on -one meetings where we'll do the same thing with each other so I was just like that's perfect and then we have as we've been delegating roles sort of named myself more in that CEO position where I'm I'm sort of the forward thinker yeah. I'm kind of coming up with our game plan for the next one, five, 10 years and, and figuring out how to make that happen. Love and it. then Annie comes in and it's just like a fountain of ideas and different ways that we can go after the projects that I'm coming up with us to do. So we just like flow into each other so well. Love it. Oh, that's just brilliant. I, I really love, um, I, I love that the quiz made so much sense. I mean, it's- <laughs> And I've said this before on the show. So if you listen all the time, you'll hear it. But, you know, we, depending on the situation, we have to be a different style of leader in each moment, right? Situational leadership. So your strength is the coaching space. Her strength is the supportive space. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's moments when that switches a little bit. There's also mm -hmm. moments when we have to be more directive. We have to tell people what to do that we need to set expectations and hold people accountable. That's really important. 
And it can be coupled very nicely with coaching on the back end to really help them find the way to achieve. We also need to be able to delegate effectively. We can't grow our business all by ourselves. It's just, it's not really possible. The two things don't line up. So mm -hmm. I love how you brought in sort of all the elements, but the coaching is really the big strength for you. I think that you just really actually articulated that so well. Well, thank you. And then I did love how you also point out like what a, as a coaching leadership style we could work on and what we probably struggle with. And it was more when I gave mine to Annie to read, she just looked up at me and was just like, uh-huh. And I knew she was reading what I, what I could work on as a coach. And that was um, letting go of projects and delegating more. And because I have a, the vision, I hold on to it so tightly. I really am working on delegating. Oh. I love getting advice. I love asking the girls their opinions, but then I'll, the end result I'll hold on to so tightly until I'm finished. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, Annie has been very supportive of being like, Hey, it's okay. If you want to ask, you know, so-and-so to do that portion for you, like you, you can delegate that. I love it. I love that. She invites you to do that actually. Yeah. Super yeah. smart. Instead of you have to, which would likely result in you holding on to it even further. She invites, yeah. <laughs> she invites you and encourages you. How very supportive of her. Um, yeah. I really, okay. And thank you for bringing that up um, because we do, I mean, for, for every great attribute we have, it's a double-edged sword, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm a great communicator. I'm a great storyteller. But the other side of that is that I can get carried away. And that I can, I don't leave sometimes space for other people to add to my story or to tell their own story. And so there's, you know, there's always two sides to the coin. Um, and with each of the great things that we do as a leader, there's, you know, there's stuff we have to really be conscious of. Um, so, you know, that is really important. And that's why, you know, this little quiz, it's everyone, it's meant to be fun. Like that's the first thing. It's meant to give you a few little insights just to get you thinking a little differently. We're not taking, you know, this isn't deep psychometric testing. <laughs> this is not, don't be intimidated. Um, but it is, it is always great when you can reflect and be like, huh, is that me? And mm -hmm. I love that your partner was like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that, that's you. That's <laughs> sometimes, right? To a T, yes. I love it. I love it. Okay. That, that makes me happy. Cause you, you know, you create those things, hoping they add value and it's actually really rewarding to hear that they have more value than you planned. They Yay. really do. And doing it at work really opened up a discussion about, you know, our leadership and our management. Cause we took it at the salon yeah. and we're just like sharing it with all of the girls because we thought it was so cool. So it's a great conversation starter as a team of being like, hey, this is the kind of leader they're saying I am. How do you feel about that? Would you agree? So it opens up a great conversation as like a team meeting. Well, I never even thought of that. Well, add it to the website. Okay. <laughs> I totally am. And for those of you that are listening, there you go. What a great way to, you know, facilitate a great conversation with your team, large or small. I would also say to you that, you know, every person on your team could take this survey because everyone, everyone needs to think of themselves as a leader, even if they're a part-time individual contributor in your business. So at the salon, maybe they work at the front reception desk. 
Mm-hmm. They need to think of themselves as a leader because they are leading the customer experience for, you know, that, that would be my example yeah. in this situation, but then being able to say to each other, Hey, how am I showing up in reality for you? Mm-hmm. That's really powerful when we can solicit that kind of feedback for people. Um, and, and we can be reflective and we can do that in arguably what looks like a really safe space at Fika Beauty. That is just wonderful that you've created that environment for yourself yeah. or for your team. Yeah. I think it's, we're making a space that we always wanted to work in and that it's Love it. safe, yeah, safe, open communication is incredibly important flexibility. And we kind of understand this day and age salary, obviously everybody wants to make some money, but work-life balance is more important. I feel like at least at Fika with our team, yeah. making sure that they get the schedule that they want. They get the free time that they're looking for. Um, where we don't double book at our hair salon. So normally in salons, you'll do someone's color while their color processes, you cut someone, like you just keep going back to back. So the girls don't book like that. Um, when they have processing times, they're, you know, helping around the studio, tidying, having a glass of water, going to the bathroom, taking a lunch break, just like really going against the norms of, of what we were, the industry we were raised in. Yeah, totally. Well, I, I mean, I think that that's so respectful too of, you know, not just, we think a lot of, um, and I call it work-life blend, right? Like integrating uh, work and life instead like, of trying to balance it all. Cause that never really seems to happen, but I, I, I do, I really appreciate the approach of finding that blend even at work, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we all have to have pace. And I'm coming to recognize that in, in the work that I do, I can't just go from 8am till 5pm every day, nonstop, right? Like that doesn't work. And I don't think that works for most people. So I, like, I appreciate that you're really trying to break those norms of an industry that can be tricky to work in. Right. It really can. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, I shouldn't say small things. They're big things, but like we've brought on health insurance for our team. That's something that is just unheard of in our industry. Nobody has health insurance, but we work ourselves till we're exhausted and sick anyway. So we've slowed the pace. We've brought on health insurance. We make a comfortable space for them to work in. We just want everybody to want to come to work and feel taken care of. And then in return, they take care of us. They treat us like family. Like they, I, I am mom and Annie is, you know, bestie or fun auntie. And it's just become a family at Fika, which is yeah. also, awesome. yeah. yeah, totally. I, I, I mean, I have long believed that when you take care, when you have, you take care and you have happy employees, those happy mm-hmm. employees take really good care of your clients. When mm-hmm. you have happy clients, the clients bring you more work and more money and they bring you more clients, Exactly. more money and more work and more clients. Then you ultimately you drive, uh, you know, you drive revenue, but you, you really create a thriving business because yeah. your team is happy and your clients are happy and your business grows. Yeah. It's just a community at that point. It, exactly. It does become a community. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I think, you know, that you are really in, in a beautiful, subtle way, being sort of disruptive is what I would <laughs> label in that industry. I, I think that that is really magical. So I love that. Um, I, I want to transition a little bit because I know that there must be things here 
where you've made some mistakes, you've screwed it up. Like, you know, tell us about that and, and what you've learned from those things. Yeah, absolutely. it's funny that you would say disruptive because <laughs> um, it's true. Everything we're doing, we're saying we're going against the grain, but we are so timid um, mm-hmm. that we don't want to rock the boat or upset anyone. We just kind of want to do our own thing and hope that people will kind of catch on and decide to do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so over the last, especially the last few months, Annie and I were just discussing this this morning, how we both we both very much care about people almost to a fault at times in that we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. We don't want to overstep any boundaries, but we've learned as business owners, we have to be a little less timid and a little more vocal about what's needed. So in, in things like, you know, we hired, um, let's say a bookkeeper and just we're like, okay, you're a bookkeeper. You have, you know, resources. You've done this. You know what you're doing. We trust you. And we'll just send you our numbers every month and you do the bookkeeping. And so we did that for a year. And then we get our accountant to do our taxes, who is amazing. And it, she was kind of like, so there, this is all a big mess. Oh, this is nothing sad. is where it needs to be. Um, and then we ended up having to spend thousands of dollars with our accountant as she and her team fixed it and then found us a new bookkeeper, which is all part of learning and growing but it's because we didn't want to be like hey are you doing this right hey can we check in on this it was kind of like we hired her she's doing it let's let let her do her thing so now it's like okay no we need to be a little more forceful and in control Mm -hmm. so that has been something we're both working on we never want to hurt someone's feelings but it's also like you know our website is amazing. The people we've worked with yeah. to create our website are so talented. But when we first did it, we were so shy to like make any big changes that we then, you know, a few months later, rebrand, had them rebrand the whole website because we were like, okay, you know what? We actually know what we want now. Let's like be really direct and say it. And even now it's like when we want to make a change, we're so scared to email them to be like, hey, we want to do X, Y, Z that we have to like pep ourselves up to be like, no, no, it's okay. Let's email them. That's what like they're paid to do so it's just things like that like not not being timid and not being worried about upsetting someone when you're just asking them to do their job yeah that's that's something we're working on so that was a big mistake of ours (laughs) no 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 actually I I I think that's really great that you bring that up because I do I don't know first of all if it's something that we've talked about on the show before Um, And second of all, I I think it's something that a lot of us struggle with is that we don't feel like we have the authority, no, no, how, no, no, it's self, right? Like Mm -hmm. to be able to push back, like that somehow they're an expert and we shouldn't, again, that's shoulds, right? Those shoulds get in the way. It's like, well, they, went yeah. they know what they're doing. So I'll just let them do it. But now it's like, also as an entrepreneur, part of what you're signing up for is you actually do need to become maybe not an expert, but you need to be knowledgeable in all yep. areas of business. So like I took an accounting course. I made sure I at least understood the language. Um, now, when I look at my profit and loss statements, I can really call out when something looks wrong yeah. and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know what? I I think, uh, first of all, a great point. You got to have some basic knowledge Mm -hmm. for so many of us. And I put myself in this category. I have no business running a business. Like I'm not an, I am not a, 
professional business owner. <laughs> I think I'm, that's what I'm a, I'm a leadership coach and, mm -hmm. and I'm a, a people, you know, people operations expert, mm -hmm. but I'm not an expert in accounting. I'm not an expert at advertising. I'm not an expert at strat, like, you know, at, at business strategy, like that stuff we need mm -hmm. experts on, but we also need to be bold enough to say, I don't understand. I need mm -hmm. a better explanation. I have feedback or thoughts. I have questions. Yes, exactly. Right? And I think if we've got the right expert, they're actually excited when we get that invested that we want, we say, I want to know more about that. Or can you articulate that to me? Or, you know, you sent me that report, but I'm actually not clear on what this says. Can we meet and you can help me understand? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, the general, the general business knowledge part is a lot of work sometimes. Yeah. And so it's now we've moved into a very collaborative workspace where I go back and forth with anyone that's not working in the studio. We have constant email check-ins. We have video calls. And we're just making sure that I'm always on the same page with every aspect of the company. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know what, I think that's really critical that, that idea of just being bold enough to say, um, I have thoughts, I have questions, I have feedback and, and not, you said timid several times. I think that's a good word. Like somehow, even though it's your business, you own it, you created it, you're running it, that you wouldn't have the authority, to, yeah. right? Like, again, sometimes we need to stop and reflect on our own behavior and be like, wait a minute. Yes. What am I doing? Yeah, imposter syndrome can be really strong, really fast. And it's just like, no, like I'm supposed to be here. I've earned the right to be here. I'm allowed to, like you said, ask questions and give feedback. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting to me as I, uh, as I continue to do this work with a variety of female leaders. So I work with female entrepreneurs a lot, but I work with leaders in, in business corporations as well. And you know, it's fundamentally the same is this idea that somehow we don't, we haven't earned the right, that we don't have what it takes to ask the questions, be at the table, send yeah. that big, pro like, you know, we all, it, it really is the universal issue. And particularly for women, it, it seems that that voice that says that we're like, what are we doing here? Or who do we think we are? we're not, you know, that, that seems particularly loud for us. Um, and, and it's, it can be tricky to overcome. Um, but I, and I really appreciate you saying, and just acknowledging that that's actually been one of the most difficult, tricky places in the business. And, you know, inevitably it can cost you money and that is unfortunate, right? Yes. Yes. It's once you get that first hit, you're just like, okay, that's not happening again. My voice is loud and clear now. <laughs> no, no, not happening anymore. Yeah. Yes. I, I love it. Well, thank you for sharing so boldly with us here today. I really appreciate your candor. I appreciate your vulnerability. Um, uh, say hi to Annie from all of us. Cause she's certainly been a part of this conversation. She um, said that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, but I, I, I genuinely appreciate this chat today. It's been incredibly valuable. And I know everyone listening will get something really important from it. Thank you so much. I hope so. 
Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. I sure hope you enjoyed listening as much as I did hosting this conversation. And if you did enjoy today's episode, would you do me a favor? Would you give the episode a five-star review and share it with all of your friends? I would really appreciate that. I've got a goal to impact a thousand female founders. And with your help, we can really amplify this message. Thanks again for being a part of the show. And don't forget to connect with me and all of my guests on Instagram at High Volt Leadership. We'll see you next Friday. Thank you.